Hi, ladies. Um, I'm just so honored that you guys would um, allow me uh, time for your Thursday evening activities. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, I was thinking back to um, when I was 20 and in my 20s and 30s. Um, it was a long time ago. I'll just start off with that. It was a long time ago. Um, I was a um, was married. I married right out of um, college. So. Um, that was in 1982. So I married in 82. I actually started working for IBM in 81. Married in 82, and um, so I'm 22 at the time. And um, then something happened. My husband and I, well, here's what happened. Okay, I'll tell you. Because this all leads up to Gilgal. You know, Gilgal is just one of those things, but real life happens, you know? And I, and I just, with the women of Gilgal, it's like, guys, let's, can we talk about real stuff? Because real life happens, and you... Is that my earring clicking? I'm sorry. I can take them off. Real life happens. And I, I want to be able to take God's Word in the middle of a real-life situation and go, is He real? Can He handle my situation? Or was that biblical stuff, just like Aesop's fables and things of that nature? So um, something happened that just sort of rocked my world. I, this is This happened, I... I, I'm getting married, and um, so I do what any of you guys would do about the time that you're getting ready to get married. I, I go see my gynecologist because I'm going to get on the pill. And um, my gynecologist tells me, you know, you've got something called fibroids, and you need to get pregnant really quickly. And I go, pregnant? Oh, no, I am a working woman. I will not be getting pregnant. And... Um, no, I, I'm just getting married. I, I, I can't do this. I need to know who he is. He needs to know me. We need to sort of have a strategy for raising kids. And no, absolutely not. And so, um, well, she told me I didn't need to be on the pills and uh, because it wasn't going to work well with my uh, fibroids. And so, you know, we go, so fine, I'm, I'm married now. And um, we moved down to Florida right at about a year of marriage. We moved down to Florida. His job moved us to Florida. And something happened. I began to hemorrhage all of a sudden. It just uncontrollably, I end up in the hospital with the, what would become the first of many surgeries um, and doctors telling me that I would uh, not be able to have children. And at this point in time, while I didn't want children initially because I wanted to wait at my timing, um, I really wanted children. I began to crave children. And I was seeing all kinds of doctors. And man, I tell you what, IBM had an excellent um, medical plan. And I was seeing some of the finest doctors here in Atlanta. And, um, and I still couldn't conceive. As a matter of fact, sex was a scheduled event in our house. The doctor said that we need to have sex at this time on this day. So, okay, now is the time. <laughs> and um, so bless my husband's heart. He was as sweet as he could be about things. And, um, but we just, we couldn't get pregnant. And um, I've had several surgeries. And my mom and my husband, they looked at me and said, Val, why don't you have a hysterectomy? And I just said, you know what? There was a God who put the Bible out. And there was a woman named Sarah, and she really lived. 
She really did. I know it. She was flesh and blood like me. And at 90 years old, God saw fit to give her a baby. And you know what? He may never give me a baby, but I'm not going to take out the parts that he needs to work with. I just won't do it. And I, I just, you know what? I, you know, I, at that time, I wasn't at First Baptist. I was at a church that was um, small enough that the pastor came to visit. Um, and so he came to visit, and I said, you know, my mom, and I know they love me, and I just know they don't want me going through pain, um, but they want me to have a hysterectomy. And, and this guy actually looked at me and said, well, you know, you can't take the Bible literally, and I'll just stop going to church there. It's like he has lost his mind. I, I just didn't understand because if I take that out the Bible, then what's on the flip side of the page? I, I mean, am I not to believe it either? And I just said, no, I, I, I can't. no, Sarah lived. He gave her a baby. He can give me a baby. I'm just not going to take out my working parts. I literally stopped going to church there and I started going to First Baptist. Um, and I don't know if you guys know Charles Stanley, but I do love him. And um, oh, thank you so much. I love him. So my first picture, can I? Hit my first one now? Okay, she's going to put it up. <laughs> so my first picture is, that's my baby, my Courtney, my firstborn. You know what? If I had listened to those doctors, you wouldn't see that picture. And she is 20 years old. She turns 20 on the March 3rd, so just a, a little short time away. Um, she turns 20. I was like, oh, God, look at that. And do you know, even... At the hospital, when she was born, I knew, oh my God, you created me for this moment. There's no one else who could have done this with this beautiful child. Thank you so much for blessing me. And my doctor said to me, oh, well, you've got so much scar tissue. Don't even think about a number two. And so, you know, I went, okay, fine. I'm not thinking about it. Thank you, God, for Courtney. And then two years later, like the doctors knew what they were talking about, Bam! <laughs> and I and I say that because you know that Thomas, that he is he is a senior in high school right now, and he has got the sweetest spirit. I I never did like Mama's boys until I had one, and I and I tell you what, he is as sweet as they come. I, just one little Thomas story, and I'm going to get to the Gilgal story. Can I tell you? You guys got time for one little Thomas story? This happened when he was he was just a little kid, and I, oh my God, he's just as sweet as they could come. And so he comes home, he's like in uh, kindergarten or first grade. Well, Mom, I needed you to know that I can't remember the little boy's name. We were playing, and he just knocked me down, and I went, he did. Now he was going to the high school school, and as you, I don't know if any of you guys know the high school school. We were in a private Christian school at the time, and and I, oh really. And so I go, okay, well, what did you do? He says, oh, I just got up and we started playing again. And, and so then I go, okay, fine. So the next day he comes home with, you know, mom and same little boy pushed him down. And about this time, you know, the hair's back in the back of my head. And by the third day when he came home and said, well, he knocked me down again. I said, I tell you what, honey, well, he, if he knocks you down again, then here's what I want you to do. I just want you to pull your hand back and knock it much as, as hard as you can. If the teacher says anything to you, then I want you to just say, well, you need to call my mom. And he looked at me with his sweet little face, and he said, well, Mom, I thought that the Bible said, be ye kind one to another. And that little boy quoted the whole verse out to me, and I just went, Lord, forgive me. And I said, Thomas, if Mama ever tells you anything contrary to the Word of God, you go with God's Word. And at that point in time, it's like, Lord, he's yours. I 
but he's been my laughter. He's just, my Courtney is as serious as she could be. She graduated high school with a 4.5. How do you do that? I don't know. He is having fun, and he's, I'm just happy he's going to graduate. <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you. We're going to make it out. Yes. But he's a fun, fun kid. He's never met a stranger, and I just love it. Oh, and that's my husband, Tommy. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I do have a husband. Okay, so this thing called Gilgal, how in the world that God wrote me into this one now? So it was important that you knew the story about, um, you know, the struggle. And I, I just don't know whether any women in here right now that are going through what I went through. I tell you what, if you are, God makes babies. I just need you to know that. And you got to know that in your knower. The doctors can't do anything for you. God makes babies. I just need you to know that, okay? When I was going to see all these doctors, I'm just glad God God didn't give me a baby at that time because I would have said, you need to go see Dr. Such and Such. That's all you need to do. Go just see him. And now I can tell you, you need to see King Jesus because it was several years later the babies came. I'd left IBM. Six months later, there I was pregnant. And I was like, I took three or four pregnancy tests like I, I just because I never had a positive one. And it's like, what? And then I needed to go see the doctor to make sure that her test said that I was pregnant too. So it was just a shock and uh, a wonderful shock. And so, like I said, I don't know who's in the room or what your story is. I just, I just want you to know, you just got to know your God. You just got to know that he can and he will, okay? Those things that trouble you in life, and it, it might not be that. It might be finding a mate for you. Um, he can and he will. And you know what? He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan. See, there's a verse, and if I started it, I bet you can finish it. It's in the Old Testament. And he says, I know the plans that I have for you. What comes after that? Thank you. To give you a future and hope. And everybody knows the second half of that one. Well, I just want you to stop. I want you to hear. He's got a plan for you. He's, he's got a plan for you. He, his plan. And I have this belief that God's plan for your life and his calling on your life are not revocable. See, some of us are going to take the scenic route and some of us are going to do the direct route. And you might be sitting there going, well, I don't know what the plan is. And, um, but you know, um, we'll talk about that. It's okay that you don't know what the plan Because if you had told me in my 20s that there'd be a place called Gilgal that I would have founded, that he would have used me to found a mathematics major from the University of Alabama doing human services, if you had told me that, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> like, that was just like so not what I thought he would have had me doing, okay? So change happens at Gilgal. Change happened in me at Gilgal because I was so not looking for this. But I will. we can talk about this. That's the first thing that happened. My husband got involved. Um, he, too, worked at IBM. Um, he got involved in buying real estate probably, I know when he did, when I was pregnant with my number two. So I'm pregnant with Thomas, and my husband says, you know, I think I want to... Um, it started buying real estate, and I go, you know, honey, that's fine. I just don't want to be a slum landlord. That's all. I, that was my only requirement. No slum landlord for me, because I. If it doesn't matter if we end up having to move in one of these houses that we have people living in, I knew that wasn't the time to be getting air conditioning units installed and new windows and everything. So whatever house we own, it's a house that I could move into, 
you know, it doesn't have to be up to the standard of the house that I live in right now, but it just is a house that I could move into, or my mom could move into, or you could move into, and I would not be ashamed of it. And that's the way I feel that I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do my own self. Okay. So, okay. So now we're in the real estate business and a few bit, a few uh, years go by and he comes and he says, you know, Val, there's this pro this property that I have is just a little different. And, um, you ought to do something for women there. You know, you're part of the Lee Counseling Ministry at church and you work with women. You really ought to do something for women. And I'm thinking, no, 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 not me. I don't think so. And, you know, and a strange thing happened. You know, I've been married. You all heard I'll be married 34 years this year. And he came back and asked the same question. He said the same thing. He said, you know, Val, it's really something. I mean, this is really a different kind of property. I don't understand it. But you really ought to think about doing something for women. And I'm thinking, what does he not understand about no? I mean, we get that. It, it, you know, and I don't know. I, I'm just going to ask, ladies, what does no mean? Thank you. Because ah, sometimes I've been in rooms where girl, well, well, unmarried women will say, well, it means yes. And no, it doesn't. <laughs> not when you've been married all this, this time. It really does mean no. And so why did he come back and say that to me? So it's like, okay, Lord, I know, I know that you can speak to Tommy. But if you need me to do this, I need a neon light. I, um, I, yeah, I, just, I need a neon light. This is an actual prayer, and I call it my prayer of surrender. Lord, I need a neon light because I, I just can't take off doing this just because Tommy came up with an idea. I need a neon light, Lord, but I'll do anything that you want me to do. I just need you to know I, I love the Lord. I'll do anything you want me to do, God, but I need a neon light from you. And, guys, I don't know. I'm sorry, I should say ladies. Excuse me, ladies. I don't know. Maybe you've never need a neon light answered prayer. Anybody ever need one? Am I the only one? Oh, thank you. Thank you for not making me feel so bad. Okay, because I needed a neon light. I needed to be so clear. Lord, I just can't get confused on this one. I d- there need not be any, you know, because my husband will change his mind. <laughs> and then I'll be out there trying to run a place, and I'm not going to know what to do. I'll just be mad at him. And so... I needed a neon light, and um, and our God is big enough that he began to do some things in my life. People began to appear in my life. I promise you, out of nowhere, I, people began to talk to me about things. And it's like um, one girl said, you know, um, you need to talk to Diane from the United Way. And a couple of days later, Diane calls me. And so I have her over to um, to our place, which was empty at the time, and and she walks around, and after a couple of conversations, she she comes back and she says, you know what? This is exactly the kind of thing that we want to do, and we'd like to give you a $300,000 startup grant. Anybody seen any neon flashing? <laughs> I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> I um, Well, then let's go ahead and hire the proper staff. And so, you know, thank you, Lord. He saw to it that what we needed when we got started, that we had it. He is perfectly capable of answering our questions and our prayers. Like, God, I don't know. Help! I think those are his favorite ones. Help! So I just, okay, yes, Lord, if you want me to do it, you got it, all right? This is what um, the house looked like when, actually, you know, it's not, um, it's actually a dressed-up version of the house. Because and I know that because it's got new windows in it. Okay, it still it still is in the process, but there were some pictures of the of what it looked like as it was um, 
being started. And this house, this is what it looks like now. It is, um, it sleeps 13 women and a residential manager there. We have an upper level and a lower level. It's actually in about 1.2 acres and it sleeps 13 women. And um, many of them have never lived in such a nice place, okay? You guys know Dr. J? Well, Dr. J has a daughter, Natalie. You guys know Natalie? Well, she is mighty creative. And Miss Natalie had herself a fun time coming up in there, beautifying our interior. Because when I got started now, I was just so overwhelmed. There was so much things, so many things to be done. And um, desert fawn is the color of all of the rooms at that place. But because if we had a nick or anything, I knew to go to Home Depot and get what color? Desert, Desert fawn. It was so simple. And so Natalie comes by and she goes, oh, this will never do. <laughs> oh, we must do something else. And so she came up with a scheme and this plan. And it's like, I don't know what we're going to do when somebody needs to repaint a room because every room is different now. And so, um, but the women love it. They love, 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 love it. And you will love it too. Anybody who comes by there and sees it just loves it. Thank God for the fact that he made us different and he made her see things beautiful. Um, And he made me see Desert Vaughn. It's all good. Uh, You know, I'm just practical. Like I just, you know, and guess what? Every house that we own, with color? Desert fawn on the interior. Listen, I, I got some desert fawn right now in the garage. <laughs> and if we needed to go touch up something, we already know what color it is, right? That's on all the properties that we own. And guess what? The exterior, white house, red, black shutters, red door. Real simple. Got white paint, got black paint, got red paint. I'm ready for any nicks and scratches to come along. Because <laughs> yeah, my husband asked me, well, Val, are you going to do any decorating? It's like, mm-hmm, desert farm. Anyway, <laughs> so right across the street from that, the house that you guys just saw was, um, was a building that used to be a doctor's office. It's just right across the street. Now, this, this property, the one that you, the, the, the original one, it's on a little dead-end street in Atlanta. Dead-end. I mean, that's why my husband thought it was so different, because it's the only house on the street Across the street from it are two properties. One is a church building, and the other is what this monstrosity used to be. So after we decided that we were going to do something, I'm looking at this going, hmm, well, if I'm going to do this, Lord, now you know I I just can't have any neighbors, so we might need to buy that. And I need to, I say that to you, and I always have to let people know, I'm just not one of those people that, um, what do you call them, Um, bossy? have to have her way, but I just know certain things will just never do. Like, <laughs> look at that. I mean, suppose the wrong people came and bought it. They might influence my women improperly. And so it's like, okay, we got to buy that, honey. And so we bought it. Um, and when we bought it, we bought both places that were people active in their addiction there. Um, addiction is another thing that we'll talk about in a second. They were just active in their addiction. But um, so this is the building across the street. We bought it. It was just overgrown. It was a doctor's office. And the nice thing about the doctor's office, this building was a 1956 building. Dr. Reynolds practiced medicine there from 1956 until we bought it 10, 12 years ago. And um, he delivered a couple of the women that I've served, okay? This small, small world. So we got it. We changed it up. We fixed it. And the nice thing about a doctor's office also is that every examination room is like a perfect size for a bedroom. 
an individual, one one bed bedroom, okay? So this is um, both properties now, okay? Right on Mobile Avenue and Metropolitan, that's where we are, okay? So, you know, as we were going through this thing, like, what is it that God wants me to do? You know, I... I don't, do you remember the scene in um, some of you guys? Have you guys seen Gone with the Wind? One of my favorite scenes is when this girl goes, I don't know nothing about birth and babies. And I'm just going, Lord, I don't know nothing about these women. What in the world will I do? I don't, I just, what in the world are you talk to? I, I mean, they're just so not like the women that I run with, the crowd that I run with. Now, this is an important thing that you need to know. If you're going to serve, you just need to be prepared that you're going to serve people who may or may not be like you. And so uh, my staff was similar, my first staff. And um, we go, are we going to run background checks on them? Well, suppose they've been to prison. Suppose they've been murdered before. And I just and I, I just thank God for his word in our hearts, especially his word in mine, as he's just, his cleansing power and, and the ability to understand that what he did in my life was a miracle. Do you get it that my salvation, I didn't deserve it? There's nothing that I did. Nothing that I did. That Jesus would die for me. Yet, he took the nails from me. So why would I look at you and think that you've got to meet my standards? Oh, no. I just, my staff, guys, I don't really care what they've done. I don't really care what they've done. I just care where they're headed. You know, he gave me grace upon grace upon grace. I mean, when I just messed up over and over and over and over and over again, guys, I can't even tell you. I just have messed up some stuff in life, okay? And he was so good to me and so gracious. So why would I be anything other than that to anybody else? Why? Why would I just make them have to? So my my thought is I want to make it as, as easy as it, as it is, as it can be, for a woman who's made a choice to come into recovery. I want it to be as simple as it can be. I'm going to move the barriers out of the way. There's some things that I have to do. Like I need to make sure that they've had a TB test. And this, those, you know, you don't want to live with somebody who's TB. And I, I'll take you if you have TB, but you just need to be, you know, getting your meds, right? So I need to know that you're going to be okay. And, and and while I have learned so much about mental health since I've been doing this, I now know that I can't take women who can't mentally and physically work a rigorous program. Like if you can't track with me, then you can't be a Gilgal. Because I have a goal for every woman at Gilgal. When they walk through the door, I see them leaving with a job, with housing, and clean and sober. And that's what God's given me for them. And so in the meantime, rules come in because I'm a big grace girl, a big, a huge grace girl. I just believe his grace was so, oh, everything in my life that I'm not going to put law on you. I'm just going to give you grace just like he gave me grace. Okay. So um, that's where we are. And here's what it is. We want, I want, you know, my personal goal for every woman who walks in, that's my personal goal, is that they... Get to know Christ is their life. It's because many times people just think their God is just a little bit taller than the door right there. I just want them to know the God of the full counsel of his word. Everything they, we can squeeze out of it that they would be willing to hear about. I want them to know Jesus. Right? But guess what? The United Way won't give me money for that. 
So that's still my personal goal. But in the meantime, there's some things that they will give me money for. Investing in sobriety. I want to make sure that they're, my outcomes is that women have employment and that they have housing. And believe it or not, um, uh, the women that I serve, there's some bright women. They're smart. I just was recently talking to them and said, you know what? Okay, I got to tell you all this. And then I'll tell you what they said. You know, I tell them this and they laugh at me when I tell them. But this is really, you need to understand of the people you know, I am one of the least smart. And forget that I was a mathematics major from the University of Alabama. Now, Bama made it hard, but mathematics, my, my dad's a PhD in math. My mom teaches, both taught math on a college level. And we would sit at the kitchen table growing up, actually doing calculus. And I just thought everybody was doing it, <laughs> right? Because, you know, we were solving word problems. And, you know, my sisters and brothers and I, oh, 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 I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> By the time I got to college, I didn't know nothing but math. It's like, okay, well, I'm majoring math, and I don't know what I thought I would do with it. But today, I can't even tell you that two plus two is four. And my husband said to me, he said, Val, if you were a white woman, you would be a dumb blonde. (laughs) And, you know, I received that. (laughs) And let me tell you why I receive it. Now, you got to know you're laughing at me, but you got to know why I receive it. Because, listen... God says that we were just like like sheep, and sheep are pretty dumb animals. And you know what? Let me not try and be the smart sheep of the bunch. Of the bunch. Listen, Lord, I'm just going to follow you. Okay, what'd you say about that? Okay, that's fine with me. You know, what'd you say we're doing today? Mm, that works for me too. And so I have just determined I don't know anything. As a matter of fact, when I pray, I just remind them, now, Lord, I just need you to remember that I don't know anything, and you know everything. And you got to give me what my next step is, because I don't know. I'm, I'm just telling you guys in all sincerity, and that's no joke. I don't know anything. And he knows it all. And he's got to give me the next step. Because I'm not smart enough for some of the problems that women come in with. Oh, my God. I, 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 don't, I, I, don't have any, I don't have anything to give them, because I don't know. The only thing that I have is his word. As a matter of fact, you don't want to hear my advice (laughs) about what you would do in a certain situation. But I'm going to take you back to what the word says. I'm just looking at what did God say about that? Well, you know what? That's what I think we ought to do. And that's what my advice would be to you. Like, what what did God say about that? (sighs) Works for me. Yeah, it could be hard sometimes. But, you know, it's even harder when I decide to knowingly do something that he said not to do. That's the kind of that's not the kind of thing I want to have to deal with. You know, life is hard, but can I take him at his word? Can I really believe that what he said he meant for me? This God that said that before the foundation of the earth he had a plan for you? Can you believe it? Can you really believe it? That's that's what I want to know. You know, as you're sitting there, you know, thinking about I was listening to you guys talk before I started. I won't tell them what you were talking about. (laughs) We'll just keep that between us. But can I trust him for that? Can I trust him for the mate that I want for my life, for the right one? Can I trust him? Is he trustworthy? I mean, you know, oh, God, listen, I used to be 20. I know. We want good-looking men. We want them to be good. Nobody want to marry a dog. Oh, oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I... I'll marry him, Lord, but I can't introduce him to my friends. <laughs> no, no, we don't want that. 
I know. I used to be, you know, cute, and um, I did. I did. I really did. It's okay. You're sweet. Thank you. (laughs) But can I trust him? You know, there's a Bible, a verse in the Bible. It says, "Delight yourself in the Lord." And what did he do? What would he do? He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I talk about that verse to my ladies a lot. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Well, hold up a second. I think that I want that little red Mercedes over there. Will He give me that? Is that what He's talking about? I don't think that's what He's talking about. See, I think it goes back to when He said that I had a plan for you before the foundation of the earth. When you delight yourself in me, then you know what? I'm going to start showing you that plan. I'm going to show you that plan. And you know what? I'm going to get you to like that plan. And you know what? I also used to be 20 and 30 because I also had this idea. Oh, my God. If I really give it all over to him, he might send me to Africa. I just, I don't know nothing about Africa. I don't want to go to Africa. I just never have just, it's just never, some people go, oh, yes, I want to go on the mission field. And I'm going. And I'm thinking, no, I don't want to do that. No, God, please. As a matter of fact, when I had babies, it's like, oh, God, please, please, please. I don't want them to go to Africa either. <laughs> but I want them to love you. I do. And now it's like, you know what, Lord, you can send them wherever you want to send them. You do whatever you want to do with them. I just want him serving you and loving you. That's all I want. Because that's all that's important. You know, earlier today, I was... Okay, I know your name. Tell me your name again. Yes. Sarah. Sarah and I was... Sarah's so sweet. I was sitting back there, and she says, How's your day been? And I said, Sarah, it's not been such a good day. I had a 20-something-year-old to die today. She was so smart, and she was so cute. And she would say, oh, Miss Vale, that Jesus stuff is just for weak people. You know, I just don't believe in that. And and I would just pray for her and continue to talk to her about Jesus. Now, I want to tell you that all of us today are a day closer to death. You're on this train track. And let me tell you what, where it's going to end. Just in the event you hadn't thought about it, and we don't think about it very often, but the, the train track is headed straight to the grave, and we are all on the train track, and each day we live, we're a day closer. Now, the question is, when you get there, have you lived a life where you glorified Jesus? Did you make a decision for him? Did you make the most important decision in your life? In the right and answered in the right way. That is the most important thing. And I just grieve today that she would look at me and say, Oh, that's just for weak minded people. Because I know she met her king. And he probably wasn't real pleased. I don't know. She left Gilgal last year. And one thing about Gilgal, every day we're in the Word of God. Every day. So today's the eighteenth of the month. I know that when they got up this morning. They were in Proverbs chapter 18. I know that they put on the armor of God this morning. I know that every day we're in the Word, every day. I mean, we do other things. We do fun things, like Monday they had a spa day. Somebody 
some hair salon had everybody out and did their nails and their hair and makeup and they came back all cute and everything but you know it's the cute stuff that's not the important stuff and, and I don't have a problem with being cute, guys. I tell the ladies, you know, I'm just cute. I wake up cute. Um, and I just, you know, don't think about it. I don't wear makeup. And, well, I did put on some for you guys today. You probably can't even tell it, can you? <laughs> but I just, that's not that important in my life. And I and understand. I'm in a different place. I do understand. And I don't have a problem with you being cute. I know we're trying to be cute to little men, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm cute today. I got you. I understand. Listen, you wear your cuteness. You go ahead and wear it. But the most important thing, guys, you know what? They will find you. Why are you serving God? They will find you. Why are you serving God? You serve him. He knows what you need. He does. He knows what you need. Right? Sometimes we get smart in our own eyes and we go off and we find the wrong one and then we want a divorce right I know none of y'all have friends that have ever divorced I have friends that have divorced and it's not pretty and then I got friends that divorce and they do it again and they divorce again and they do I mean I got literally a guy that used to work for at IBM he's been married four times and I just go now let's just see what was the common de- common denominator <laughs> in this? Uh-huh, that would be you. So uh, she wasn't a problem. Anyway, uh, you know, I digress. Forgive me. We're back to Gilgal. Whew, where was I? Sorry about that. So here's our mission. Educate, equip, and empower women. Educate, equip, and empower women to embrace a future free of drugs and alcohol, utilizing their fullest potential in a God-honoring way. And here's how we do it. We do it through day treatment, counseling, and life skills development. Okay, funny Gilgal story, and my time is wearing down on me. Funny Gilgal story, so, you know, you're serving people who are not like you, all right? When you're hanging out with your girlfriends, you're doing things like, like, you know, we're coming to genuine wisdom. And then, um, and also the realization that we all didn't have the same kind of beginning, that's been one of the hardest things for me because remember I thought everybody was doing calculus at the breakfast table it's like okay yeah yeah I got it okay so I had a house manager and she says Miss Vale she says um you know um Deborah we, we've had to work on Deborah she says because they all they every lady has chores when they come in all the ladies are assigned chores okay and so she says I, t- I tell her her chore, and she tells me it's done, but I can look at it and see that it's not done. I-, I just think I need to write her up. And I said, well, before you write her up, why don't you just go, well, let me see you do it. And so sure enough, she, you know, goes, well, let me see you do it, Deborah. So Deborah starts at the bottom rung of the stairs, and she sweeps, and she moves up a rung, and she sweeps, and she moves up the next rung, and she sweeps. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know, we... You can't ever assume that you're talking apples and apples. I just can't make that assumption about people, okay? I can't. I had another girl, a little, a 19-year-old. I was teaching a class, and, and we were just talking about, you know, what were some of the rules that you grew up with? And I just said, you know, when I was a kid, um, I would come home with a 92A, and I was so excited, and I'd show my, my paper to my dad, and he'd look at me, and he'd go, where are the other eight points at? So a 92A wasn't good enough in my house. I needed 100, okay? And, of course, lots of people had to be home by the time the streetlights were on. And 
Um, the, so she says, oh, I know. I know a rule in my house. I go, yeah. Well, tell me what was the rule in your house? Well, you can't throw the blunt in the front yard. I said, you mean like a bunt, like a bunt cake? She says, oh, Miss Vale. You know, I'm talking about a marijuana cigarette. You, the last part of it, you can't throw it out in the front yard because, well, the weeds might grow and then the neighbors will know that you've been smoking weed. And I went, oh, I see. Well, note to self, she can't go home with her family. You know, because our women earn passes and they get the right. They, you know, after you've been there 30 days, you get a two-hour pass. And then after 45 days, you get a four-hour pass. And then you work yourself up to a weekend pass. Well, if the rule in your house is that you can't throw the blunt in the front yard, then that might not be a safe environment for you. So I have to come, we have to make determinations like that with women who grew up different. Listen, in my house, we weren't having no blunts, okay? I, uh, we didn't have beer, cigarettes. It was just a, we don't do none of that in my house when I grew up. And I am learning that everybody didn't grow up like that either. I just got a 26-year-old in. She's been there just a couple of weeks. And she told me that she's been using since she was seven. And she did drugs regularly with her family. And yet she got out of control, and they don't even want to have anything to do with her now because she was just really wild. But yet mom and dad and brother and sister, everybody was doing drugs, hard drugs. And I just go, oh, Thanks for sharing. You know, well, let's talk. And so she's just doesn't understand. Well, I don't understand. You know, it's like when I do math, um, everything is better. You know, it's like, you know, sex is better and fun is better. And I'm just going, okay, well, Lord, you're going to have to talk to her because I don't. I mean, I don't, listen, this, he, he chose a perfect person. Remember I told you I would have been the dumb blonde. And so I can ask lots of questions, and I, and I do, because I don't even know half the drugs that they're doing and the stuff that they're drinking. And I, and I just go, no, Whoa, what was that again, sweetie? Tell me again what that was. And they go, oh, Miss Vale. And they're laughing at me, cause, but, but you know, at least I'm getting them talking. And so we begin to talk. And, they, and you know what? For some reason, I just thank God. He get they get that I love them. They get it. I don't know why they do, but they get it. And so sometimes when I have to make tough decisions in people's lives and things that they don't want to hear, it's like you know what I, we're going to have to do it like this, and here's why we're going to do it like this. And I know you might not be pleased with that, and um, but that's what we're going to do. So we're going to put up your girl panties on, and we're going to keep moving, right? We're going to have a yes in our spirit, and we're going to say yes, and we're going to keep on moving. And, and they go, okay, Miss Val, that's what we're going to do. And they do it. And, um, and I just thank God for that, because that's him, not me. Purely him, not me. When you can take somebody who don't even know the names of the drugs that they were doing, and, and you, he allows me to go in and talk to them, and, and they'll listen. I just thank him for that. He does it. I got just a couple more minutes. Um, these are, um, you guys might know her. Do you guys? Barbara. Barbara. I figured you might. Barbara's on our board. Um, and these are um, just some of our ladies and some volunteers that come along. You know, one of the huge things that I love is that women come to know Jesus. We just had five women baptized last Sunday. Um, the girl in the top left had a baby last February. And um, she bought the baby by in March so that I could meet the baby, a sweet little baby. 
and I'm asking her, how are you doing? Because I knew her life story. And the time before that she'd had a baby, she went into this massive depressive state. And um, and she tries to slough it off. And I go, oh, no, no, I need to know how you're really doing. Well, Miss Val, we need to talk. And I, okay, fine, well, let's talk. And But at the time, something, lots of stuff was going on. Well, the next month, overdose. I lost her. She's dead. Um, but she knows Jesus. And do you know, she posted something in Facebook last year about Gilgal, that Gilgal changed my life and my eternity. And I just think, Lord, if I can't do anything else, you know, I'll see him in heaven. Right? I'll see him in heaven. But anyway, we, you've had a few women to come to know the Lord. We, uh, we vary in the churches that we go to. Um, as you guys know, I attend First Baptist Church, First Baptist Church of Atlanta. And so the simple thing would be to have them come to my church every Sunday. But you know, the majority of the people in the world don't go to First Baptist. Did you know that? <laughs> and so I figure that I need for them to know what a good church looks like. So we visit my church from time to time, and we visit your church from time to time, and we visit big churches and small churches. I just need the church to be talking about Jesus. And I would tell them, if they're not opening up their Bible and talking about the Word, then you need to run, okay? Because I just need them to know what that is. And so wherever they end up after Gail Gale, I just need them to know what a good church is. Um, Okay. We end up with women with jobs. We have women that, um, I have a girl that graduated. She's like an, an executive assistant at Coca-Cola now. And I have women that have worked at Chick-fil-A. And, um, you know, they just end up getting jobs. They're so talented. They're so talented. And I understand, I also have the ones who've been the felons. And they'll look at me and go, uh, uh, I'm never going to be able to get a job. <coughs> and I'll just look at them and go, you know, I need to tell you something. God sent you here. He knew about your felony when you got here. And he knows how to get you a job. And even my felons get jobs, ladies. 100% of the women who graduate Gilgal graduate employed. That's God, okay? I just want to remind them that that's what happens. This is my staff. We're just a small, small staff. When you think of us, if you would pray for us, um, my house manager, uh, Cheryl is the top right. She's new in her job. She's um, our um, program director. Miss um, Vicky is my assistant, and then on, the, on the bottom right is Johanna, and she's um, she was an intern last semester, and I bought her on part time this year. So this is our staff. Uh, please keep us in your prayers. And so here's something I wanted to um, to say to you before I end: that nature forms us, sin deforms us, education informs us. Institutions try to reform us, but only Jesus transforms us. And lives are being transformed to Gilgal. Listen, I, I can take any questions just for a hot, hot second, and then we have some things that we can talk about at your table. So, oh, how did the name Gilgal come out? I gotta do that one. Gilgal, straight out of the Bible, okay? In the book of Joshua, you will find um, that the Israelites, when they crossed over the Jordan River, one of the first things they did is camp at the place called Gilgal. 
It actually means circle or like cycle. And we think of it as breaking a cycle of defeat, just like the Israelites did when they were in the wilderness in the cycle of defeat, getting up in the morning, marching around the wilderness, you know, camping at night, getting up the next morning, marching around the wilderness. And so that's what our women basically were doing, just getting up, getting high, getting up, getting high. And then they move into Gilgal. It's kind of like transformation takes place. You know, they need to know the name Gilgal. Why? Because even with the Israelites, when they got to Canaan, troubles didn't stop happening. My women, just because they come to Gilgal and they come to know the Lord or not, troubles don't stop happening. But we fight our battles in different ways now, right? We fight our battles in a different way, like the women who have felonies. You know, I go, you know what? God will fight your battle for you. He knows how to get you a job, and he does, right? And so I need them to know that. And as Christians, we know that, that, you know, I don't have to sleep with my boss to get that promotion, right? Listen, God knows how to promote me. He really does. And you know what? He knows how to do it at the time that's going to be good for me, which is the last thing that I'm going to say to you. There's some things that you have in front of you or that you'll be getting at your table, and that is timing. He knows perfect timing. You know, I take you back to my children. Had I had children in my 20s, they would have been rotten. They would have. God needed me to have a love relationship with him before he gave me children, and my children are totally different for it. Last little thing on my kids, and then I'm really sitting down. When they were little, we started off with this thing, you know, You're going to be 16 one day, and lots of parents and kids have problems at 16 about, am I going to get you a car or not? Mom's going to get you a car. Mom and Dad want to get you a car when you turn 16. You only have one thing to do. I need a book of the Bible. Okay. So by the time they were 10, I'm telling this, because they're memorizing scripture all along. Okay, now at 10, they had to declare what book they wanted to memorize. My daughter, I'm going to memorize the book of Ephesians. All right, my son, I'm going to memorize the book of James. Okay, it works for me. So my daughter turns 16, and she looks at me, and she says, Oh, Mom, none of my friends have to do this. I don't know why you need me to memorize. I got three chapters down, but I just, you know, I'm just so busy. And I go, Okay, fine. I'm not buying none of your friends no car, and you ain't getting one either. So sure enough, just last summer, my son, 17-year-old, turned 16, well, he's 17 now, so he, oh, he's about to be 18, so two years ago, he turned 16 in, um, in May, and that July, I just was totally bowled over. He came and said, Mom, I'm ready for the book of James, and that little boy stood at the kitchen table with my husband, my daughter, and I sitting there, and word for word, every word in the book of James, he quoted. And so now when my daughter comes home from college, she's going, Thomas, can I borrow your car? <laughs> um, you think you might be able to let me use your car? Um, and I just, even now, I, you know, I'm, I'm saying to her, sweetheart, you know, I'd like to get you a house. Um, we'd, I want her to get her a house while she's in, in college. So she'll learn how to, to handle, handle the family business. But it's like, sweetheart, I... I ain't gonna be able to get you a car. You had to do that on your own. I'll help you with a house, but I ain't helping you with no car. Okay? So we just, but anyway, just from the beginning, that's all they've known. And, you know, God is, why? He's faithful to his word. When I die, and I was an old mom, remember that. I'd been married 13 years before God finally, finally saw fit to give us children. I didn't have anything for them but his word. And it's like, Lord, 
if you call me home, you just watch over your word in their life. Please just watch over it. And that's all I want him to do for my women at Gilgal. And I pray that that's what you'll want him to do in your lives also. Thank you for letting me talk to you this morning, this afternoon. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, um, yes. Yeah, and a question I would like to ask, too, is there may be some of us that God's moving to get involved in some way. So what ways could you use people like us at Gilgal? And then word of mouth more than anything else. And yes, we could use volunteers. I absolutely love volunteers. Um, and we need volunteers to do all kinds of things. Um, Miss Settenbrini um, sang for us at our uh, gala last October. Um, but Barbara comes and um, Barbara's daughter uh, teaches piano to the women. My, she's my 16-year-old who comes on regularly to, to teach women how to play the piano. You know, if you have a talent or something that you enjoy doing, that's what we can use help with. I also need people to answer phones from time to time or be mentors to the ladies. But it's more of I want them to know what normal people, quote unquote, normal people do with their times and talents and gifts that God has given them. And so sometimes it's a fun game night or, you know, and they are having so much fun and they'll say, I haven't had, I just have never had this much fun when I wasn't high. And, you know, who knew that you could have fun playing games? So, yes, ma'am. So a movie night, a game night, those are fun things. Or pizza night, just where you get a chance to hang out with them. Those are fun things. Thank you. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then you're going to stay at your table for a while because Val has come up with some really good questions that we're, your table leader is going to throw out and let you discuss and talk about God's calling on your life and how the things you've learned tonight apply to you, how God would bring it home to you. So, um, And also, she's offered to stay for a little while. If you want to talk to her privately, um, feel free to do so after we close. So I'll just pray, and then you just stay at your table as, as the Lord leads you um, for a discussion time. So, Lord, um, I just want to thank you for this sister in Christ. God, I've been so encouraged and just so blessed to to see how your hand is upon her and how she's um, serving you with gladness how she's involved in the work of your kingdom in um, the lives of, of people that um, so desperately need you, as, as we all do, God. Um, and so I, I just pray blessings upon Val, upon her staff, upon the board of directors, upon their um, decisions that they make day to day, on the ladies that are there now and the work you're doing in, in each life, the renovation that you're doing and transformation that you're doing. God, um, do mighty things through these ladies. We pray for your glory and then send them out into the world, Lord, to impact others with the gospel of Jesus and the, the truth of how you truly set the captives free and how you came to give life and to give it more abundantly. And so we thank you, um, this encouragement tonight. Now bless us as we discuss around the table, God, because um, this isn't just something to encourage us, although it's been very encouraging, but it's like, God, okay, now what are you saying to me 
Um, wh- what do I do now? Where, where are you calling me to radical obedience? Or, or what are you asking me to do? How, how does this apply to my life? So just um, speak to us now by your Holy Spirit, and we'll give you all the praise and glory and honor. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.